This is Jake the State Roberts. This is Ted DiBiase, the Bay Dollar Man. Hey, this is Bob Baffling. Hey, everyone, this is Rick Stein. This is the Honky Dog Man, the greatest WWE Intercontinental Champion of all time. This is your wrestling show, Ottawa. Heck, they could use you guys over in WWE. You're listening to the greatest wrestling show in the whole wide world. This is Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. I am the music man, Colin Scully, and back alongside me this week... Let me tell you something, sir. I am here today to represent my client, the man with no excuses, Jonathan Skuse. So if all of you listening would please put your hands together for the man with no excuses, here he is. Hey guys, what's up? I didn't know where you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to bring something My client. Up. Yeah, that was an interesting segment on Raw with yeah. uh, macing uh, Roman Reigns there. Yes, it and was. And then the bitten Samoan. I couldn't figure out. I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't like backplay it enough and spell it right to figure out what he was actually saying. Yeah, I, I but uh, wow, Paul Heyman can speak Samoan. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you ride with Afa and Sika. Yeah, I guess they talk about Paul behind his back and he kind of wants to know what's up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But we do start off this week with some sad news to report. It was announced back on Sunday that one of the last remaining survivors of the Hart Foundation has passed away. Of course, we're talking about Jim the Anvil Neidhart. He did pass away at the age of 63. It was later reported by John's best friend, Dave Meltzer of yeah. the Wrestling Observer, that his death was due to a fall resulting from a grand mal seizure um, stemming from the complications of Alzheimer's disease that he had been suffering from for some time. Now, John, you've been watching wrestling for a pretty for a, a lot longer than I have, considering the age discrepancy here. Yeah. What are your uh, memories of Jim the Anvil? Well, I'm I'm a little out of left field, so there's some stuff that people try to forget that I remember. I I remember when Jim Neidhart had that infamous gimmick when he was called Who. Yeah. Yeah, and they said, who's coming to the ring? And they said, no, it's him. And it's like, no, who's coming to the ring? Uh, I also remember, I don't remember the original Heart Foundation very well, but I do remember in the Attitude Era when it was a five-man gang with Brian Pillman, Davey Boy Smith, Owen Hart, and Bret Hart. I do remember that era of Jim the Anvil. Yeah, uh, he was. I rem- I vaguely remember when he won w- his first or second tag team championship. Uh, the one, he, yeah, 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 the one he won with Owen, I think. I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember what card it was on, but yeah, it was definitely a good but match. To say that there are no memories of Jim uh, Neidhart would be a lie, because wherever Bret Hart went, and the Hart Foundation kind of went with him or behind him, and Jim was there. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Jim the Anvil Neidhart is the father of current WWE superstar Natalia. Right. Now, Natalia, moving over, we're going to be talking about Jim the Anvil. In the last segment of today's show, we're going to be doing a little ranking of our top five favorite matches collectively. But mentioning Natalia, she's going to be in the corner of Ronda Rousey this Sunday at SummerSlam. And I thought, what better thing to start off the show today with than to go through the card for SummerSlam, as this is the go-home wrestling with ideas before SummerSlam. What better way to start off this week than to give our predictions as well as what we think is 
what we think is going to be happening during the matches. Well, Scully, it's the biggest party of the summer, except we don't call it that anymore. It's just the largest event of the summer. Because you can't call things party. Because give me the green light and I'm ready to go. Oh, wait, that was WrestleMania's theme. I'm sorry. Yep. Anyways, we're going to start off our predictions with the Raw Women's Championship. As aforementioned, we have Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Scully, who's in whose corner? Alexa Bliss has Mickey James in hers. Oh, Mickey James? Not- it's, is it Alicia Fox or is it Mickey James? Because she's been paired up with Alicia Fox now. Is it Alicia Fox? I have no clue. That's why I'm asking you, man. I have got no clue either. It doesn't affect my prediction, Both though. Both of them, maybe? Yeah, no, same way. Same way. I'm assuming you want uh, Rondo to win. Uh, No, I think Alexa Bliss is going to retain, and I think it's going to be the, the time that Natalia turns on Ronda. Interesting. I don't think that they're going to give Ronda the title yet. Are they going to have Natalia on the card a week after her dad dying? Oh, well, I know she wasn't on Raw. She, if she doesn't show up, they'll find somebody to be in Ronda's corner. Yeah. Who goes into Ronda's corner? If, uh, if, if there is a Mickey James, maybe Alicia Fox. Like no, if into Ronda's corner. Yeah, into Ronda's corner. If Mickey James is in Alexa's corner and I'm mistaken... Then I'd say Alicia Fox is probably in Ronda's corner. After Ronda beat the crap out of her two yeah. weeks ago? Or, uh, they were kind of hinting at Ember Moon this week, so maybe it would be her too, because she doesn't have a match at SummerSlam that I'm aware of. Okay. That could be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, we both think that... Or, no, you think that Alexa's going to retain. I think Alexa's going to retain. Well, I I'm don't gonna... think I'm going to be very happy about it, but I think that Alexa's going to retain. No, I'm, I'm the same way, except for the fact that I think that Ronda is going to win. You think now is the time for Ronda? Yep, and then that's going to build up to a match at the Evolution pay-per-view. Ooh. I'm not going to I'm giving I'm going to give a little spoiler into this, right? Yeah. Champion versus champion. That's a good safe bet. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Unification match. Ooh. WWE Women's Championship. I don't know about that. That is a good idea, though. I'm not going to discredit that. That is this a great is not, idea. This is not the fantasy booking show. No. That's for later. That is a good idea. I like that idea, but mine's going to go a little different. As we move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Carmella in a triple threat versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I think the title's coming off of Carmella now. She's got no excuse. She's got nobody to partner up with. Ellsworth is out the door unless he comes back. I think that Becky Lynch is going to win the title for the same reason that you said. I think they're going to put... Ronda versus Becky at that would at be, ev- that would evolution, crazy. I should say, and it'll be the armbar versus the armbar, or the armbar versus the disarmer. And even if you are not a big fan of either of those two, they are credible workers, and especially Ronda, she can go. And you put her in the ring with somebody like Becky, and I think Becky's gonna get her women's championship here at, uh, at SummerSlam. Yeah. And it'll just be a fun match. It won't be super high stakes for Ronda. Because, but if they do your idea and they unify the whole division, that'll be pretty cool. Well, yeah, I, I just think it makes sense to have sort of... Because I, I think you'll agree with me when I say that there's too many belts right now. Uh, and the th- fact they, could, they, they could lose a they, couple. If they want to add... I just find that it'd be weird if they add the women's champion, the women's tag team championships... And they have that as one, as like an inter-brand championship, but they have separate and it could championships be. for Raw and SmackDown. Who knows? Maybe down the line they do want to do like a bi-weekly women's show. Like not every week. 
like keep your women on Raw and SmackDown, but the women would get together maybe bi-weekly and have a show or something. That's like how that. I have it set up on my WWE universe. Actually, is right. I have the women's have a bi-weekly show or no, a they, weekly they show? Have a weekly show. Yeah, because you can't do bi-weekly shows, but you can do weekly. Yes, you can do weekly. So I have it so that it's Raw, SmackDown, and then I got rid of NXT. Actually, I just put them. I split them into Raw and SmackDown, and then I have the women's show. Anybody who's getting mad at Scully, just bear in mind that the game is called WWE 2K18 and not NXT 2K18. Thank you very much. Moving on. Speaking of somebody who came up in NXT and a guy who came up in the real world, next match on the predictions card is Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Scully, who are you taking in this match? This one is actually an interesting one that I have on my end here. I'm a fan of both of these guys in ring and outside the ring. I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan's work as the GM. I'm a fan of Daniel Bryan's work all the way back to when he first came to WWE after spending so much time in Ring of Honor and New Japan. Was it was he ever in New Japan? He wasn't in New Japan. All Japan, maybe. All Japan. He was in Japan at some point training with somebody. But with all this being said, I give the win to The Miz. Yeah, I'm giving this win to The Miz, but the only reason I think The Miz is going to win at SummerSlam is because it's going to be a long feud. I don't know if that's going to be, if it's going to kill it like our uh, Jinder Orton feud, if it's going to be that long, but I do think that we are going to get Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at SummerSlam with The Miz going over. Then we're going to have a secondary, not super important pay-per-view, like not the big four, I should say. And then at the next one, maybe Survivor Series or WrestleMania, we'll have the final Daniel Bryan versus The Miz confrontation with Daniel Bryan going over. But at SummerSlam, I think it's going to be The Miz getting the one up on Daniel Bryan, especially with how Miz and Mrs. is going and everything like that. I think WWE is going to give The Miz a nice pat on the back and he's going to get the win at SummerSlam. Right. Now, this match is going to definitely be interesting here. We've got the Intercontinental Championship match. Dolph Ziggler current... Intercontinental Champion, of course, facing Seth Rollins. Now, there was an interesting return this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, if you were watching Monday Night Raw, you'd know that uh, Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler, the feud for the Intercontinental title, is still going on strong, and that Dolph Ziggler seems to have Drew McIntyre in his corner. And in order to combat this, Seth Rollins had an old buddy who's going to be in his corner at SummerSlam, and it ain't Roman, folks. It's the lunatic fringe, Dean Ambrose. He's back, and he's bigger than ever. He's got some muscle on him. He put on some weight. He shaved his head. for He's got a different kind of look. And we're going to see how it happens with Seth Rollins, with his old buddy Dean in his corner. But I think, for my prediction, that Dolph Ziggler will retain the Intercontinental Championship because I don't think they're going to keep this chaos and I think it's going to be a DQ finish where Dolph Ziggler retains. I don't know. Maybe Seth Rollins will win via DQ. But I'm pretty sure at some point this is going to turn into a tag team brawl, two versus two. Maybe with yeah. Dean turning on Seth in the end. See, I think, I as well think that Dean is going to turn on Seth. But I don't think it's going to be in the end. I think it's going to be at SummerSlam. Picture this for a second. No, no, no. I meant like at the end of the match. Oh, at the end of the match. I thought you meant at the end of the feud or something. No, no. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure okay. I, I meant to say that Dean was going to turn on Seth. I, like he'd, Seth would retain, and then they'd have their little brawl. And then after the brawl, Dean would kind of give the crazy eyes to Seth and maybe hit him with a chair or something. Okay. See, what I was thinking was Seth Rollins is going to win the belt here. And then Dean Ambrose is going to come in. They're going to all celebrate and stuff. For Dean Ambrose rips the belt from Seth Rollins' hands, crowns him in the back of the head with it, 
holds it but while like standing over Seth Rollins. Thus, we have an intercontinental title feud between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. See, I'm say I'm agreeing with you because that does make the most sense. But I know this isn't a fantasy booking show. That's still coming up. But if I was in charge of this feud, I wouldn't have Dean turn on Seth until I get my Monday Night Raw three-man band versus the Shield match. Because Jinder, Heath, and Drew are on Raw. Seth, Dean, and Roman are on Raw. Every other recent stable has been split up except for sanity in the new day and they're on smackdown i think if i was in charge i want to see this three-man band versus the shield match even if it's a one-off squash where does that happen does it happen on raw does it happen on a pay-per-view i if i was in charge of it i would put it at survivor series okay but i'd even if you want to do it on raw to build up the three members of the shield you know what you could do is you could have it be a five on five Right? Where you'd have, listen, listen, you'd have three man band, Dolph Ziggler, and uh, who's the. Why am I blanking right now? Rhino. Yeah. Rhino? Rhino is with Heath Slater, yes. Rhino, Dolph Ziggler, and 3MB. Yep. Versus The Shield with. The B team? No. Ah. With honorary members, Kurt Angle and Triple H. Ooh, I wouldn't put Triple H in The Shield, man. I wouldn't do it. They did it. I know. I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But yes. Moving on to stuff that they shouldn't have done in the first place. We've got the United States Championship match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, not a swan song bomb, but just a swan song for Jeff Hardy. This is going to be not as goodbye and out the door forever, but see you, see you soon, guys. I'm going to go get some surgery. I think that go Shinsuke get some Nakamura. Surgery and come back his brother Nero. Yeah, I think Shinsuke Nakamura is going to retain. Whether that is from the help of an RKO out of nowhere or not, I'm not too sure. But I have Shinsuke Nakamura retaining the U.S. championship. No, this is this is interesting for me though, because if Jeff Hardy's gone after this, you're left with Shinsuke and Randy Orton. Yes, these guys are both heels. Yes, are you saying that they're going to do, do a heel versus heel feud? Yep. Okay. In 2018 on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can see that. Now, what do you have for this one, Skews? Well, the next match we have is going to be the match for the Money in the Bank briefcase. If Braun Strowman loses in any way, even disqualification, Kevin Owens gets the Money in the Bank. But here's the thing. I have my fantasy booking answer, and I have my real answer. Give me both answers. All right, short answer, for shortest first, real answer. Braun Strowman wins. He runs over Kevin Owens and then cashes in at the end of the night. But my fantasy booking answer is that Kevin Owens wins the briefcase, gives the briefcase back to Braun Strowman in a head-scratching kind of moment, and then we realize that Kevin Owens doesn't want the briefcase he wants the contract inside the briefcase. So we have it set up that later on in Raw, that Braun will cash in his money in the bank on Raw the next night. And when the ref opens up the briefcase and sees that the contract isn't inside, Kevin Owens walks down to the ring, shaking a piece of paper over his head, cashes in new Universal Champion on Raw. That's my fantasy booking answer. Short answer for what's actually going to happen. I bet it's going to be just Braun running over Kevin and cashing in at the end of the night successfully. <laughs> the thing is, in 2018, the second your fantasy booking answer 
sounds like something that could legitimately happen. I like that. Just the concept that it's not about the briefcase. It's about what's inside the briefcase, but mm -hmm. it's been overlooked for so long. I don't think we've even seen the briefcase open up since Seth Rollins held it and Dean Ambrose put that goop in there. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened other than that. Like, that's the last recent memory I've seen what's inside a Money in the Bank briefcase. So right. I think that would be a cool angle to play. Right. I'm going to combat that. I'm going to say, uh, Kevin Owens, here's what's going to happen. Here's my fantasy booking answer and also my real answer for this. At SummerSlam, you've got Kevin Owens, who's outside, he's shaking and whatever, pulls out a chair from the ring, pulls out a chair from under the ring, right? Yeah. Throws it, er, he gets in the ring with the chair, smacks it on the mat, Falls down, but as he's falling down, he throws the chair to Braun Strowman as the uh, ref is distracted. A la Eddie Guerrero. A la Eddie Guerrero. And then Braun Strowman does like the, oh crap, what the hell is this kind of thing where he's got the chair in his hand. The ref sees him. He disqualifies. Kevin Owens wins the contract. Yep. Then later on in the championship match, whoever wins gets beaten by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens my prediction at the end of the night, overall, Kevin Owens leaves SummerSlam as a universal champion. That'd be very interesting, and I'm just going to quickly conspiracy tie this all together before we hit a commercial break. But I think that if you remember correctly, when Damian Sandow won Money in the Bank, he lost the briefcase to John Cena, correct? Yep. When Kevin Owens came up, who was his first feud? Uh, John Cena. Who's Kevin Owens facing at the Sydney, Australia show? John Cena. Ties in, doesn't it? Kevin Owens being like John Cena? For a Kevin Owens-John Cena feud, too? Oh! Kind of conspiracies together. Tying conspiracies together. And we've also got to tie this into a commercial break. So when we come back, we're going to tie the second half of the SummerSlam card together. You're listening to CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Hey, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas. Listen and learn and wrestle with ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. I, myself, of course, am the music man alongside me, the man with no excuses. Good God, I love it, pal. Are you going to love this next tag team match, which just happens to be for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship between the Bludgeon Brothers and the New Day? Yeah, so here we are at SummerSlam. We got our Bludgeon Brothers versus New Day. I don't know what number of times this is that these two teams have went head-to-head. -head. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I, If I had to go out on a limb here, I'd say the Bludgeon Brothers retain because I don't think SmackDown knows what they're doing with their tag division right now. I think the New Day's going to be... The main roster doesn't know what they're doing with their tag division. Exactly. I think the New Day's going to be splitting up soon, too. So that means leaves an even bigger hole in the mess of the tag division. But Vince, I think Bludgeon Brothers retain. Vince, if you're listening, which I highly doubt that you are, but if you ever hear this and it's before the New Day break up and they do end up breaking up... Push Big E. Big Give Elefante, him. man. He's the future. Yeah, you should just call you should just have him call, Kofi is, call him Elefante. Even ask Booker T. Even ask Booker T. Kofi Kingston is the guy. And he has done it here in the WWE. Yeah. But Big E is the guy who is going to get it done in the WWE. Right. And Xavier Woods, I see a nice mid card for him. Yeah. He can go. He's got his up, up, down, down WWE-affiliated YouTube gaming channel. He's got his up, up, down, down, and he's, uh, Kofi's also got the Midnight Hour. It's true. They're the exact same move. But they call him differently. But I think who are you calling for this match, Bludgeon Brothers or New Day? Um, depending on who 
depending on which members of the New Day fight. You say if Biggie's in it, they're winning the belts again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because let's face it, they're they're gonna push Big E. Yeah. I don't know. Would you push Big E when Keith Lee is just around the corner? Yes. Push Big E. Have him be up there, and then Raw like another. This is this is turning into more of a fantasy booking show. Raw after Mania, let's say thirty-seven, hypothetically. Yeah. Okay? You have Big E at the top of either probably he's probably gonna have the whichever brand he's on. Whichever they're not gonna give him the Universal Championship. They won't probably give him a heavyweight title, but he'll be at least a number one contender. Yeah. No, he he will. He'll have won it at Mania. Thirty-seven. Oh, so you so you're saying that he's gonna be the champ after Mania. And then we're going to see Keith Lee come up as like a there's nobody because he's beaten everybody Big E has to get to this point. He's beaten everybody. Yada, yada. There's no one else left. Out comes Keith Lee. Hypothetical question. Big E is a heel or a face? Heel. All righty. Uh, moving on to the or er, er, sorry. I have a perfect segue for this just like I had it in Raw. All right. Let's rewind. B-team, B-team, go, go, going straight into the Raw Tag Team Championship match between the B-team and the Revival. John, I haven't had you on air since the B-team debuted their new theme. I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. I like these battle scars. I don't like this B-team, B-team, go, go, go. But I do like the B-team, and I think they're going to retain... I'm yeah. happy to see that the revival is in the title picture and that maybe later on they'll win the belts. Yeah. But I think as of right now, they're going to go with the safe bet. People like the B team, and I think the B team's going to win. I'm going to go the same way. I think the B team are going to retain. The one mind, I can't say what I was going to say just now. The mind scramble. Thank you. Sure, yeah. Um, is Because I'm a bit of a music nerd. That's, of course, why I call myself the music man. But it pains me to think that the people that... But CFOS, the guys that put together Battle Scars, also put together this new B-team theme. Makes you wonder if one of those themes was for somebody else that didn't get used. Because I don't know if you've heard this going off track on this Wrestling With Ideas a little bit, but AJ Styles' current theme song was originally meant for James Storm. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but it... Yeah. So I was wondering if it was kind of like that deal where they had a song written for somebody... And they didn't use it, and they gave it to the B team. And then now this is what they wanted for the B team, even though what was better, what was before, was better. Yeah, I don't know. Was there any rumors of when? Was there, were there any rumors of somebody coming over around I, the time that the B team became a thing? I don't know. It could be because as WWE is get, getting aware of these all in and all that kind of stuff, they're making scrambles to get people. So maybe they have some there music were, written for yeah, people before there, they come there here. Were rumors as well just getting off track before we uh before we talk about the cruiserweight championship and uh finn balor versus corbin but let's face it Bar- uh finn balor is gonna win that so we don't even really need to talk about that balor club goes over pal yep um there are rumors as well that uh pentagon and ray phoenix were pulled from their tv tapings this same weekend this very weekend yeah because they was this the weekend that matt riddle was also pulled from yes okay that's they were all pulled from the same MLW show. I did not know that they were interested in Phoenix. I'm not well, I mean, that ha- familiar like, with Phoenix's work myself, so I did so I didn't do any research into that, but that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pull cuz they're they're brothers hypothetically. Yeah. They're brothers, so like they they're a package. Bring one over, bring the over, bring the other over, right? Anyways, here's this one is 
This one's the match that I'm actually questioning the most. Yeah, I've been I've only been... catching up a little 205 live, so my cruiserweight's rusty, but I know what's going on. We've got Cedric Alexander, the champion, versus, as his old pal Enzo would call him, Gabagulak. Yeah. Now, I watch 205 Live quite consistently, actually. I I don't understand what they're doing with uh, Lucha House Party, but that's a completely different story. I don't know what they're doing with Leo Rush. Neither do I. When they first aired Leo Rush's promos, right, I thought he was English for a second. Yeah? Like, I thought he had... Uh, I, I missed those, so this is all new to me. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, who do you have winning this? Man... As much as I want Drew Gulak to win because he has the perfect gimmick for 205 Live, I think Cedric Alexander is going to retain. Yeah. I think Buddy Murphy will be the next uh, 205 Live champion. Yeah. But I'd love to see Drew Gulak win. Prove me wrong, WWE. Yeah. I'm going to go the same way, really. Drew Gulak would be a good champion, but he'd be more of a transitional champion, I think. Yes. But I'd love to see him as champion just because his gimmick as like, I'm not into that flippy Dave Meltzer stuff. Yeah. No fly zone, pal. Speaking of no fly zone, or not speaking of no fly zone, the match on the kickoff card, that doesn't fly. There we go. I tied it up. We've got a kickoff show match between Andrade Cien Almas and his tag team partner of who, Colin? Zelina Vega. And Rusev with his tag team partner of who, Colin? Lana. On the kickoff show. And I don't know. I really don't know. Rusev was just the number one contender. And now he's back down to the kickoff show. Now, I think this is more of a Lana thing than a Rusev thing, if I have yep. to be honest. Yep. Because she's still a little green. She knows what she's doing, but she's still a little green. And Zelina is not. <laughs> yeah. And this will be a thing that I think they're trying to get Andrade over. Another, just like the Cruiserweight really? match, I think Andrade's going to win, but I want to see Rusev win. Really? But I think they're going to give Andrade the win. Now, here's the thing, is that when Andrade, he's, he came up, uh, when did he come up? Was it after it was, Mania? It was a couple weeks after Mania. A couple weeks after Mania. So they've had enough time to build him up to be something. And they kind of have. They've only built him up to about a solid mid-card position. Right. But they have built him. Yeah. I think that they could have done a lot more with him. Oh, it's not over, though. I watch. No, 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 no. Don't next, get me wrong. Next U.S. champ right here, Andrade Cien Almas, I'm calling Do you see it. them running the same program that they did with Alberto Del Rio? I sure was... hope not. Yeah. Because I don't like Alberto at all. Does that mean the return of Ricardo? No, it just means Zelina Vega is the new Ricardo. Yeah, we're going to see her. <laughs> we could see her competing in the uh, Women's Royal Rumble coming out in that uh, car that Ricardo did back <laughs> in 2012. Or 2011 or whatever year Good it was. God, I love it, pal. Yeah. Anyways. That's now. all the announced matches for now. Do you think we're going to get any matches? You have a match that we you would put in. We have talked about the most important match. No, no, no. We're going to get here first. Because this is what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted. Was that I don't see Elias on this card. And Scully, as the music man and as Elias' number one fan, what do you think Elias is going to do at SummerSlam? Nothing. Is he going to be there? No. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Very interesting. I've heard rumors that they're pushing SummerSlam to be almost a seven-hour show. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Elias at some point. Right. To fill in some time. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm Maybe a concert, and then he's going to be interrupted by Bobby Lashley, and I'm going to leave. Yep. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Elias at SummerSlam. Now, the two big grapefruits of SummerSlam, so to say— we're going to start things off on SmackDown with the WWE Championship. Who we got? 
We got AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. What a match. If anybody has seen anything these two have ever done while even looking at each other in TNA, you know it's going to be good. Yep, I remember because when I was watching TNA back before they did the whole JFW crap, so like 2012, 2013, 2011 kind of thing, I remember the episode where AJ Styles was TNA champion and he left for Japan wrestling as the TNA champion in Japan and then came back after and lost about Samoa Joe. These guys are probably, I couldn't think of a better match to have for two guys that are already on the SmackDown main event scene for the WWE Championship. Now, excuse, who walks out of SummerSlam as the WWE Champion? Ooh, I don't know. I really want to see Samoa Joe as the WWE Championship, but I'm pretty sure you WWE... want to see Samoa Joe as the WWE Championship. Yes, I want to see his face as the W. I also want to see him with the W around his waist, but I think WWE has a lot of stock in AJ Styles, and if I had to put money on it, a.k.a. pick, it's going to be AJ Styles. Yeah. I'm going to say Samoa Joe. I'd love to see this. Now, here, here's what happens, right? Is it, Back when you mentioned the whole Rusev thing being more of a Lana thing than it is a Rusev thing, if they restart a Rusev push with Samoa Joe as champion, Rusev versus Samoa Joe at Survivor Series mm. for the WWE Championship. I don't know about Survivor Series. I think that'd make an excellent Hell in a Cell match, though. Are you talking in... Like the pay-per-view Hell in a Cell. Okay, but not a Hell in a Cell match? Oh, it would be a, it would be a Hell in a Cell match as well. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm thinking it's more of a later on. But yes, if Samoa Joe was the championship, a Rusev match is a must-have. Yeah. And moving on to the least but most important championship. Yeah. It's the universal title, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the umpteenth time. Scully, who you got? Are you asking me who I think wins this match, or I think... Who do you got? I got Roman Reigns. I got Braun Strowman. He's not even there. He's he's taking it. I, my money's Braun Strowman cashes well, in. Well, see, see what happens. If I had to pick between now, the if Braun two. Strowman, now, are you saying Braun Strowman cashes in in the middle of the match, making it a triple threat? Or that's, what I was, that's what I was thinking about, is that he ca cashes in, making it a triple threat after, let's say, Brock Lesnar destroys Roman or vice versa. Yeah. But I'm also wondering if they're not going to reboot Survivor Series where Roman wins the title for five minutes and 15 seconds and then cashes in. I don't know. Which I mean, leads to Roman being universal champion down the line, which is, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's going to be, honestly, if I were to book something now, I'd have Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns, if no one cashes in on SummerSlam, at SummerSlam on Sunday, which is going to happen, someone is going to cash in. But hypothetically, if somebody didn't, I would have a cash in match, have like a Braun Strowman announce on the Raw Go Home show. He's Mania. cashing in. This is save the date. Be there. Be square. Uh, for the main event of Mania 35. Yeah. Therefore, putting Braun Strowman over as the new guy. Well, you never know, because if a Raw person won the Royal Rumble, they'd have to make it a triple threat, wouldn't they? Yeah, so. Okay. I'm just, I'm just establishing the rules here. Yeah, yeah. But with all that being said, I stay true to my prediction. Kevin Owens leaves SummerSlam as a Universal Champion. I stay true with Braun, but I'm just going to end this on a last note. If Roman Reigns is to win this belt, he needs the Shield to help him win this belt. Otherwise, he's getting booed out of the building. Now, the only thing that I have to combat that 
is my heel turn prediction. Exactly. If Dean Ambrose turns heel on Seth Rollins the night of SummerSlam, throw that out the window. But if they don't yeah. turn quite yet and Roman wins the championship without the shield, why? That's like, are they point. trying to get him booed? No, they're not. So put him with the shield. It's not that hard. <laughs> Anyways, that's our predictions for SummerSlam. That is our prediction. Those are our predictions for SummerSlam. Do you want to do some takeover predictions, actually, as well? Oh, I'm not up. I'm not as good as a. Uh, maybe after the commercial. <sighs> uh, we don't actually. Do we have to do? Do we have to cut to a commercial now? Might as well. When we come back from commercial break, we're going to be doing some NXT takeover predictions. Once we have time to look over the card again, you're listening to CKDJ 107.9. This is Wrestling With Ideas. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Pacitti, and I'm your What Culture Pro Wrestling General Manager. You are listening to Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios for Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music. Of course, I am the music man, Colin Scully. Alongside me, the man with the oh? excuse is Jonathan Skews. You didn't know? Well, your posterior better inform somebody at once. We're talking NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. Yo, yo, yo. Of course, if you didn't know what that meant, he said Brooklyn four times as this is NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Actually, I said it four times as in the yo, 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 Papa Roly and Chef yes, I know. it's I know. rhyme time. I but know. also, it is NXT Brooklyn TakeOver 4. I yeah. I didn't plan that out. That's cool. First match on the card, Scully, Shayna Baszler, champion versus Kyrie Sane. What you got? Shayna Baszler kicks Kyrie Sane's ass in under five minutes. Under five minutes? I think it's going to go a little bit more than five minutes. Maybe maybe seven or eight. Okay, well, it's going to be under 10 for damn sure. Under 10 minutes, I think Shayna Baszler is going to win. Yep. But you got to love the female Juice Robinson, Kyrie Sane. <laughs> I don't see why. Now, I, I just now, said that now, to make my guy over here pop. Now, now is Kyrie Sane the female Juice Robinson, or is Juice Robinson the male Kyrie Sane? Well, how old is which one? I'm pretty sure Kyrie Sane's the youngest. I would hope so. There you go. I don't know. Anyways... Now, North American title match. Adam Cole versus Ricochet. This is probably going to be match of the night. Unless, of course, the NXT championship takes the cake, which, let's face it, it probably will. It may, it might just, we might get a six stars. Might get a six stars uh, from your buddy. Anyways, yeah. uh, Adam Cole versus Ricochet. Who do you have? Adam Cole retains. Would be cool if Ricochet won. If Ricochet does win, look out. Adam Cole's coming up to the main roster. Yep. But I think Adam Cole retains. He looks really good with that belt and the way he won it. And then he came out and did his tag team at the end of that takeover mm -hmm. in which he won the North American right. Championship. I think they got a lot of stock in Adam Cole, and I think Adam Cole is going to retain. Right. Keeping with the whole uh, um, Undisputed Era theme of things, we've got Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus Mustache Mountain consisted of Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Now, Adam Cole has a match. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be around. But do you think Bobby Fish is going to be there? Yes. And do you think he's going to get involved? Yes. And so you think Undisputed Era is going to win? Yes. By DQ. By DQ. Which prompts Pete Dunne to come out and beat the, sh beat the crap out of uh, Bobby Fish. Oh, that would be so... Well, I don't think he'd do it to Bobby Fish. I think he'd do it to Roddy Strong. I get maybe. Because they had that little history together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that is a solid pick that Bobby Fish is there, and then they win via heelish ways, and then Pete Dunne comes out. And Pete who? Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne. Pete Dune sounds like a crappy 
Pete Dune sounds like the like a name that would fit the Sandman. Pete Dune sounds like the ta- the Sandman's tag team partner. Yeah. Sandman Sand is- Dune. Oh god. Anyways, the la- next match that we know of at the moment is Velveteen Dream versus my homie EC3, Ethan Carter the third, but don't call him Dixie. His nephew. Yeah. Now, I am a huge fan of Dream here. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of EC3 here. I don't... I This is the one match that I actually don't have a prediction for. It could go either way. Could go either way. I want my homie EC3 to win. And so because of that, I'm a little biased towards EC3. But... I think NXT is kind of giving Velveteen Dream the push to be the next North American or NXT champion. And for that reason, yeah, I think Velveteen Dream is going to win this match. So but I. I, at the same time, I personally want EC3 to do all the things I said they were going to do to Velveteen Dream. Give them the push. EC3 is the next NA or NXT champion. Yeah. Speaking of NXT championship, for the... Fifth time, much like Brock Roman, but I actually want to watch this one. Yeah. We got Tommaso Ciampa, champion, versus Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match. Now, I feel like most of their matches as of late have really more or less been last man standing matches. Pretty much. Like, without actually being last man standing matches? Like, they don't get up at the call to 10 because they're down and out, but you could easily have booked it as a last man standing match. I think they're running out of stipulations, and rather than do something stupid like put something on a pole, they're going to have a last man standing match, and it's going to be awesome. And I think that Chomp is going to retain... Because I think it's a little too soon to put the title on Gargano. Yeah. But I think that Tommaso Ciampa is going to retain. It's going to be match of the night. And who knows? Maybe Gargano's coming up now. I, I think with because uh, before I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but what I was thinking is that Gargano's going to lose after SummerSlam. He's going to come up to Mania, and then maybe after main or come up to the main roster, and after Mania, Ciampa's going to come up and be like, "Hey, Johnny, remember me." And then they're going to have this big kind of like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did. Yeah, I can see that. I, that would be. And because yeah. it's Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, nothing against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I think that they're going to book it a little better yeah. because they've seen what happened to Kevin and Sami, how we got tired of it real quick. Right. But because we know what it's like, because this feud really started in WWE. Yes. Or they really started teaming in WWE, if you will. Exactly. So who do you have in this match? I I don't know. I personally think that um, it's too early to call Gargano up. Really? Well, I isn't he isn't he going to the cruiserweight division? If Johnny Gargano goes to the I, cruiserweight division, I'd say division, that'd be a waste. No, if Johnny Gargano goes to the cruiserweight division, I will stop watching WWE. I I think that I agree that will be a waste. But isn't he under two hundred five? Let's. Um, I think he might actually just be over by a bit. No, he's at 199. Exactly. God but but then again, but then again, we don't talk about Finn Balor's weight either, so Yeah. Well, as long as they don't say it when he comes down to the ring, he's not a cruiserweight. Yeah. Which I think that I, they're starting to move away from saying the rest the wrestler's weights. Well, that's because they don't want people to say, "Well, if he weighs under 205, why isn't he in the cruiserweight division, pal?" Yeah. Like they're doing with Finn Balor, they've stopped saying his weight completely. Well, yeah, because you yeah. look at him and you're like, that guy's a cruiserweight. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Tommaso Ciampa retains as well. Good pick. 
I, I'm because Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black is a feud that I want to see. Yeah, that's going to be Alistair Black. I think is going to be his last one before he goes up. I thought he was going to come up after SummerSlam, but there's this injury talk that I think he might be a little bit later and he might stick in NXT for a couple more months. Right. I don't know. Now, if Alistair ends up, do you think Alistair has another reign as champion? No, but I think if Alistair is involved, he's costing Johnny the match to get his one-on-one with Tommaso. Yeah. Because he'll give, Gargano will have the pin or something, and then right. you'll hear his music fade to black. Then Tommaso rolls up Ciampa one, or Tommaso rolls up himself. Yeah, right. Tommaso, Tommaso rolls, rolls up, up himself. Tommaso rolls up Johnny, realizes it's not a pinfall because I can't read. And then... Last man standing, let's say, I don't know, we dump something on Johnny, can't get up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Tommaso wins. It's almost like Tommaso gets himself stuck in a paradise lock or something like that. Anyways, now we move to the last segment before the interview with Dr. Bob, your commentator of choice. We've got, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, our top five moments, not matches, of Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Because some of these aren't exactly matches that he was in but he was around. Right. So our first match is a match that I picked, and it's Jim Neidhart in WCW versus a young upstart Chris Jericho. What can't be said for Chris Jericho? In WCW. Exact Or at all, in my opinion, but yeah. exactly as an upstart, he was rock solid. Jim Neidhart hair, giving him the, giving him, doing the job for him, making him look like a million bucks. Yeah. I can't I can't discredit that and because I'm a big Jericho fan, of course it makes the list. Now we've got this one that another WCW match that Colin will be more into and know about. I have here written Tenzin and Chono. Go away, take it away, Colin. Now this would be a match that would the Gibby would mark out heavy for. Yo Gibby, if you're listening, pal, settle down. Yeah. Hiroyoshi Tenzin and Masa Chono, who are currently the IWGP tag team champions. Facing off against the Hart Foundation. The Hart Foundation winning by DQ, so they do not win the belts here. But this still was one of the best matches. That This still was a fi- one of my favorite tag matches that happened in WCW. Now, a quick little thing before we move on to our next moment here. Is that this is right at the height of when Bobby Heenan was bringing in all of his Japanese friends. Yes. Moving on to the next match, John. Who? 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 Yes, actually, out of left field, we brought it up in the first thing. You, when you're talking about a guy's career, you got to talk about his ups as well as his downs. And what the heck kind of a down is being billed as a wrestler named who? I don't know. Personally, it, it, I, personally I would have liked to see who versus Oz. who ah As a tag team? who Oz. who ah The who Oz. Oh, who Oz into big hurrahs. Our n- next moment is when Jim the Anvil Neidhart helped his brother-in-law, Owen Hart, to win the 1994 King of the Ring. That was That's probably one of my favorite Hart Foundation moments. Definitely, definitely that is a really good feel-good Hart moment. That is a real feel-good Owen Hart moment. It's a nice feel-good moment, even though he's kind of a little heelish. Yeah. But Owen Hart getting what he deserves as King of the Ring. And... Last thing that we'd like to mention is any time, especially when they first won, where Jim and Brett were a tag team, just right. the two of them as the Hart Foundation. That was especially when they won their first title reign. Yeah. Pretty, if you look at Jim Neidhart and you don't think that guy's ever going to hold a belt, but you put him next to Bret Hart, 
and he gets to hold the belt, and I right. think that's pretty awesome. Now, of course, this isn't to say, I mean, there was a match in 1995, I think, where they lost to Brian Nobbs. Yeah, and Jerry Sags, the Nasty Boys, and whenever I was looking through the moments that we could pick from, and I saw that they lost to the Nasty Boys, I kind of had to take a breather for a minute, because... You know, if for those of you who don't know, the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags, basically had a job because Hulk Hogan liked them. Right. <coughs> oh, the Nasty Boys are giving. <laughs> oh, the Nasty Boys. The nasty are Boys are giving up. me a bit of a cough here. Looks like I might have to go and talk to my doctor. That's right. Coming up next after this commercial break, we go to our full-length interview with Doctor Bob. This is Wrestling with Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9. Hey, this is Bob Backlin. You're looking at Wrestling With Ideas. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. As always, I am your host, Colin the Music Man Scully. And on the phone with me today, we've got host of Doctor's Orders right here on Wrestling With Ideas. You've got your commentator of choice, Dr. Bob. Bobby, how's it going today? I'm doing well, Colin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Now, this I hate to start interviews off with some sad news, but right, uh, right. it was announced earlier this week that Jim the Anvil Neidhart had passed away at the age of 63. Now, at the time of this recording, news is still just breaking so no one's really sure what happened just yet but first question for you uh dr bob talk sort of about the legacy that jim leads the jim leaves behind well especially as myself as a canadian wrestling fan and growing up uh growing up in the seeing the majority of my wrestling in the 90s really when i was a teenager and such um the heart foundation itself was so big and even you know prior to the larger heart foundation with uh owen bulldog and uh, pillman um the heart foundation of course was uh jim and brett and later on with uh or together with uh jimmy hart as well and that that kind of solidified brett as becoming the standout canadian wrestler in the world and none of that could have been possible without jim jim was always seen as a more charismatic guy especially at the beginning um it really helped elevate his brother-in-law and uh, jim himself as a singles wrestler, I don't have as many fond memories or pertinent memories, really. But, I mean, as a tag team wrestler and then later as part of that whole stable, absolutely influential. For somebody like me, who the Hart Foundation versus America slash Don't Go Steve Austin slash HBK kind of feud went on, that was really the pivotal moment in me going, oh, my God, this, this wrestling stuff is really, really cool. I mean, that... For anybody my age, a little bit older and everything, who got to live through that live, that Heart Foundation kind of pro-Canada, anti-America feud and angle was just absolutely some groundbreaking to me. I don't think they've ever, they've tried to replicate here in WWE, WWE with the, the Un-Americans and such and, uh, and Lance Drums group, but I mean, haven't really struck lightning again. It's always been with that Heart Foundation. So yeah, Jim, the, the Anvil Nightheart, absolutely a seminal point in kind of wrestling history especially for us canadians right now i've been watching i've been going back and watching all the old pay-per-views and just seeing him he, seeing his style of wrestling and how he worked with bret hart i don't think we're going to see mm-hmm. that anytime soon at all really i remember someone bringing up a, a conversation and comparison with actually with like generico and steen once they started getting big um in roh and to say like look at these two as both canadians of course 
look at these two or, uh, you know, quasi Mexican, <laughs> yeah. uh, look at the combination of styles that you have in terms of they each complement each other. So well, they're such different entities, but together, you know, they move seamlessly and you can kind of see that symbiosis between the two and the same with Brett and Anvil. Anvil's always a powerhouse. Brett was more of a technical wrestler and, um, you can see that the two really complement each other well. And even in their, you know, their finisher, look at it. Anvil picks him up and does the heavy lifting Brett with the finesse and the clothesline slash kind of reverse bulldog type thing and uh yeah it was it was such a such a mix between these two and you know jimmy hart obviously playing the the mouthpiece too but anvil could hold his own he was such a charismatic crazy guy when you looked at him you're like yeah i mean of course he has to be a pro wrestler what else could this guy be right. he did some you know you know strongman competitions that all that stuff too before uh, I, I know he got his name from actually like winning a competition throwing an anvil uh a long distance the height all that stuff but like you know, you look at him, you're like, that is the quintessential 80s, 90s pro wrestler. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So rest in peace, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, the only remaining member left of the Hart Foundation now is Bret Hart. But keeping with the theme of Canadian wrestling and really shifting over to a local sort of thing, there there's a lot of local shows coming up that are very important to the Ottawa wrestling scene. So um, on August 24th, August 24th? August 24th, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, r- fighting Back, Wrestling with Cancer 8 will be taking place at yeah. St. Anthony's Banquet Hall. Now, yeah, for, th- for those of our listeners who haven't been to a Fighting Back or don't know the story of Fighting Back, uh, you've been around C4 and the Ottawa wrestling scene for a while now. Uh, what's the story behind Fighting Back? Well, I've been part of Fighting Back in terms of uh, commentating, uh, helping out playing music for a few years now as well. And Fighting Back came about from uh, another deceased wrestler here, Frank Morin, who was beloved in the local scene in the Ontario and Quebec scene. Um, he was friends with a lot of people, actually tagged in, the, uh, I believe the name was Triforce, uh, with uh, Player Uno and Player Dose Stupefy back then, now under different monikers, of course, but they were all best of friends and had that trio together. All that to say that Frank passed very early in his life uh, from complication of cancer and and Fighting Back was made uh, to honor him, obviously to raise money for everyone else in the world who's been affected by this, especially in Canada, since the money goes to the Canadian Cancer Society. But uh, really, you'll see him on all the posters. He's the man with the, um, the, the hat that you'll see drawn out and caricatures and such. And so that was made for him. This is the eighth year we've been able to raise tens of thousands of dollars for the Canadian Cancer Society um, in his memory. And uh, each year they try to bring out bigger and better, huge guests. Uh, you and I, we've actually seen the Ultimate Dragon on, right. on tape um, here. And uh, this year we'll have, you know, the guy, the, the number one indie guy, I would say arguably, uh, in, in the entire world, Jeff Cobb. He's going to be facing off Je- Josh against Josh Alexander. And that's going to be, you know, two big, big, very proficient, capable wrestlers here that, you know, combine that speed, strength, all that stuff with that technical acumen. It's going to be a match that, you know, everyone's going to be talking about. So you got to be there Friday, August 24th. you got an over-the-top um, fighting back invitation, which happens every year. There's different rules, but this year is going to be a rumble style over-the-top. And we're going to have the champion, Kobe Durst, in that as well, winner winning a number one contendership uh, for the title. And um, also just announced this week, uh, announced Vanessa today, Craven versus Alexi Nicole for the Sensatel title. Vanessa Craven obviously in Ottawa beat uh, Mercedes Martinez in the Sensatel return show the one of the loudest ovations I've ever heard uh, live 
as well. And so that's going to be quite a match. Those three announced a lot more coming. August 24th, they always raise money for a great cause. 100% of the proceeds go to them. So, of course, you know, uh, it's not just one of these uh, $5 off of every ticket or right, 10% right. of your ticket cost. It's going to really be everything's going towards the Canadian Cancer Society. And uh, what a show it's going to be. Yeah. Right. Now, just talking about the, um, you brought up Vanessa Craven specifically, both her uh-huh. and Mercedes Martinez are mm-hmm. competing in the May Young Classic, the WWE May Young Classic. What does it mm-hmm. mean in terms of exposure for the Ottawa and Montreal wrestling scene? Because I know I know uh, Vanessa's mainly Montreal and around there. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for the scene in terms of exposure that two of the top, or Vanessa Craven and Mercedes Martinez, do, both uh, top stars on the independent scene, what does it mean in terms of exposure? But Montreal well, Mercedes, uh, I don't think Mercedes will be uh, fighting back right now, but she'll no. be in, obviously, in other Femme Fatale shows. But uh, Vanessa Craven especially, I, I'd say, uh, and you say Montreal, but, I mean, she's had quite a run here at Claim. She's had quite a yeah. run at C4, been in top uh, angles and top feuds with um, some huge, you know, obviously not just uh, female talents, but male talents as well. And so Vanessa Craven being at the forefront of women's wrestling right now in terms of being able to, you know, compete at the May Young Classic, having her face across the entire network, and, you know, just being able to see her talent there. It's, it's a huge boon for wrestling. People will pick it up and go, hey, I know that person's name. Uh, these tournaments that they've been having have elevated talent. I mean, look at how big Mustache Mountain and Pete Dunn have been across the entire world where, you know, the names are, I'd say, primarily in Europe at one point, but uh, as soon as the WWE UK tournament came out, they were everywhere. I, I right. hope for the same things and same opportunities for Vanessa Craven. I mean, if she doesn't get signed, especially her name will be everywhere. And if she does get signed, great for her. Happy. I, I personally know her as well. I've been able to commentate some of the matches, you know, see her at a lot of the shows too. Great person. Wish her the best. And as for wrestling, it's going to do nothing but help the scene in terms of having that exposure and getting people excited to see the shows. And if you've ever seen her live, you know exactly what you're expecting. Just, a rocket show. She's one of the fan favorites everywhere she goes. Yeah, I'll never forget the um, I'll never forget the first time that I saw her wrestle. It was back at C4's They Live, and she mm-hmm. was in. I think it was a tag team match. It was her and Stu Grayson versus a uh, player un- or Evil Uno, and uh, the Beast King FTM. And as soon yeah. as she came out, I as soon as she came out uh, to make her entrance, I knew that there's something special with her. Yeah. Yeah, you, you hear that crowd, they react to her. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great cross-section of fans, like all ages, both genders, and, and just being able to kind of gravitate towards her because she's such, a, she's such a, a likable person in terms of, you know, getting behind her and cheering her on, and you can't help but just cheer and be invested in all her matches for sure. Right. Now, shifting sort of towards the Montreal side of things, the day yeah. after... On Friday, the twenty fifth of August, we're making it a wrestle weekend. Ma- yeah, yeah, exactly. We're both we're heading down to both shows there. Um, yeah. Torture Chamber Pro Wrestling have their Super Gala, have a big wrestling show on August twenty fifth. Yeah. Yep. Now, main event on this card here has the Dominator Dom Boulanger defending his British Commonwealth Championship against Stefan Paulson. What does mm-hmm. it mean for Torture Chamber to have the British Commonwealth Championship under their sort of superstars there well any any nwa belt comes with a lot of prestige in terms of the name recognition that you know hardcore fans have and nwa tops everything the wwe and nwa have been the two most prominent uh feds and just in name recognition across the years and so to have something like that happen main event here 
at Torching Chamber is quite a thing. Don Boulanger is, is coming in a wave of momentum. He won that title. It's going to be his defense against Tom Paulson, who's already tried to wrest that title away. And you've had, you know, you've had uh, interviews with both these individuals, yep. right? Yeah, and then you can just see the passion. You can hear the, the invigoration they have for wrestling in their voice. You two live, sleep, breathe professional wrestling. And although they have very different sort of, I would say, background slash styles and different uh, um, sort of outlooks on it, the motivation there is to be the best. I have seen both of these uh, guys over the last year plus, um, seeing them live month after month grow. And it's such a crazy thing to see these two guys who I think have grown in confidence as well, not only just skill, but in confidence over the last year. Now, main event, something as big as the Super Gala de Lutte. I'm really looking forward to that match. Of course, on the rest of the card as well, at, uh, of course, it's at 10-125 Rue Parthenay, Loisir Saint-Martyr Canadien. Look it up on Facebook. I hope to pack that place. It's bigger than our monthly shows that we have. The Showcase Sundays are held on Sundays. This one will be on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, recommending everybody come out to see it. We have other big matches, too. Justin Turnbull versus Brad Alexis, two of my favorite guys to see live. Mm-hmm. Uh, lightweight championship uh, from the NW, uh, for the Twitter Chamber, new title here. Uh, lightweight championship. Kevin Bryant, the dastardly Kevin Bryant defending against one of the best high players in the entire world, bar none, Puka Victor from Spain. He's made a lot of appearances traveling all the way from Europe uh, and Spain from to to come, you know, fight the best here at Torture Chamber. And Victor's always the flea is always, you know, just quicker than a hiccup. Also, one of the main attractions here are all the new talent that's starting. We have a lot of rookie trainees from the Torture Chamber who are making their mark. And, you know, this is the genesis of something great. These are the first steps to see of guys who are going to be main eventing in years to come, who are going to become names in the Indian circuit. This is the first step. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing, like, somebody come from nothing to make a name of themselves. You've seen some of that uh, watching wrestling, you know, right. even in the WWE. You see somebody come in and make his debut, not really well-known, and then a year from now, two years from now, they're on WrestleMania. But, like, how cool is that to, to say I was one of the first to be cheering on this individual? Right. Well, we have guys there. From Ottawa. Um, yeah, from Ottawa. I have a few, actually, a whole bunch of from Montreal because that's where Torch Chamber trains. But specifically from Ottawa, you know them well, too. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be Brandon LeDuc going to be on that show. There's going to be Riley as well. I'm still waiting for a last name on that. But Riley yeah. as well. They'll both be debuting. Uh, big matches for both of them. Uh, more announcements to come online, I assume. And, um, you know, even some of my local guys and local favorites over there in Montreal are going to be on it. Uh, a lot of their debuts as well. You'll see some uh, women's wrestling. You'll see some singles, tag matches. Uh, another one of my uh, guys that I've seen trained for a long time, Caden Rose, be wrestling for the uh, tag team titles, the NWA Canadian tag team titles, making his debut, and uh, yeah, so I, I has, wish Riley Brandon say what? So I was just I I um in my interview last week with Drew, yeah, I had I had announced I had um I was going through the card and asking him for his thoughts. Oh, are, you, are you are you correcting me on a few things here? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm just asking you uh, if there's been an update because when I yeah. in, when I asked Drew, he had said that right as as of right now. The uh, tag team titles aren't on the line, but in Drew's words, if if Team Tight keep running their mouths, the Bone Collectors might up the stakes a little bit and put the titles on the line. So I'm just you know, wondering if all, there's been an that's announcement That's all there. psychological stuff. I, I'm sure he'll make a decision at the day of over there, perhaps, and you know, see how much the taunting, see how much of that psychological warfare is going on. 
but Drew and you know Crazy Mike Marston, they're they're fighters. They they will put those titles on the line and they'll take on the biggest and baddest as much as they do trash talk. They back it up. Obviously, they back up their words. So you know if they don't put the title on the line. Uh, it'll still be a great match if they do, which I hope so. The fans will like it even more. I mean, who doesn't want to see a tag team title match right. uh, on the show? Yeah, and um, you know, hope for I know Riley and Brandon really well. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff in the local scene in Ottawa for years now, and uh, you know, I've seen the dedication, how many hours they put in the traveling, training, all that stuff. And I really hope them the best. Uh, they should have great showings, both of them. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. This might be the first few steps to them becoming, you know, recognized TV talent soon. That'd be insane just seeing guys that um, I've worked yeah, alongside, especially like on ring crew for the C4 shows, mm-hmm. seeing them on TV. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It'd be great to see them. I mean, yeah. with how hot the industry is getting and, all the talent coming up and everything too. It's, and it's, with Torture uh, Chamber having the um, the WWE affiliation that they do as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All that stuff coming up, and uh, that's not to say less about the rest of the card there, but you know those are definitely like five, six of my matches I'm most looking forward to. So check it out on right. Facebook. Check out all the rest of the information there. I really hope to pack that place out. I'll be doing commentary on there with uh, everyone's good friend uh, Zach uh, Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, Zach. Zach the Chicken Giblet. Uh, yeah, Zach the, Zach the Chicken Giblet. We're going to be doing that one and rocking it out. I'll obviously be on commentary for part or all. I'm not sure yet. It's a fighting back eight as well. So right. my calendar is getting full for the end of August and in September. At the end of September. Fight, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. At the end of September, there's um, yeah. ISW presents Slamtasia 6. Now, the main event here. Yeah. The main event here is a title match. It's for the undisputed King of Crazy Championship, pitting Chris Dickinson against Addy Starr. Now, yeah, as somebody who's not heck of a match, yeah, as somebody I'm who's not, gonna, not I'm been not going to swear online show. right now, but one heck of a match. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who's not been to an ISW show yet, but I look to be making it making it out probably to this one actually. Um, yeah, I hope to see you there. Yeah. yeah, what can what do fans expect, or what can fans expect from going to this show? Well, ISW is always a crazy time. I mean, they've had some matches that have gone on to infamy, like the food fight that they had. Right. Um, they they pioneered the Lego death match, which now has been you know brought all over the world. So they've retired that stipulation officially, I guess. The Lego will still once make it in, but the, it's just that so many feds all across the world now. It's, you know, it's made its way all over to Europe, too, have been using it. But they're the ones who started it. The ISW King of Crazy Championship actually... Interesting enough, um, Dickinson's been champ for, I'd say, nearly four years now um, uh, because of a little break in between for ISW. But Dickinson has been defending it, and, you know, he's obviously what a star he is now on Evolve, on NXT, um, winning championships all over the place. a globally recognized name now. And uh, Addy Starr was the the king of crazy, and uh, I guess she, she nicknamed the championship the queen of crazy. And uh, she lost it over to Sanchez, uh, Pinky Sanchez formerly, who then lost it to Dickinson. So Addie Starr was formerly a champion. She's looking to get her title back. The ISW cards are always crazy. Last time, it was a change of venue, the first time in Canada. Their big return to Canada and the record Canadian tennis. You saw so many interactive things in the uh, Toy Box uh, death match, the Toy Box of Doom match. It was just Insane, insane the things that you know people are still talking about to now. So 
Child's Play was last time. Sam Station 6 is happening. We've got tag team titles matches with TDT versus Gymnasty. We've got Falls Count Everywhere titles, a new title that Eddie's going to be defending versus uh, Bill Jones, Sugar Duncan, and Sanchez. You know, you've got talent from uh, all over the place, from Europe with Eddie Starr, from um, from the Americas, with uh, or from the United States, rather, Sugar Duncan, Gymnasty, a bunch all over the place, Ontario, Quebec. And it's going to be... This amalgamation of a lot of talents from everywhere. Dickinson and Natty Star have wrestled previously. And I've got to say, if you look at online, you don't have to believe me. You can go check it on YouTube. But um, they have, I want to say it's maybe the second or third, top five for sure, but almost second or third most viewed match on YouTube, wrestling match in history. Dickinson um, and Natty Star. They have set, yeah, they have 71 million views. It was a WSU slash... Um, beyond sort of uh, cooperation, uh, mostly under the wow. WSU brand, I believe. And um, they had 71 views. The only ones that have been that have been, I believe, on last checking, something like a high 70s for a WWE uh, title match of a 41-man battle royal match one time. And then yeah. there's another one from Tribute to the Troops that has about 70 views, 70 million views. And so, like, search around. It's, it's top five, probably even top three wrestling matches, most viewed wrestling matches of all time. Chris Dickinson, Addy Star, you can check that out to see, you know, add up to that 71 million number last <laughs> year there, but uh, you can see what to expect. They've wrestled many times before. Addy Star, uh, you know, on the losing end, most of those spots, uh, you know, she gives it her all, and Chris Dickinson, he's out for blood. These two are completely different wrestlers than they were previously. They've upped their game, they've upped their violence, they've upped their skill. Addy Star, obviously, bringing that Lego death match over to the UK, uh, wrestling, you know, world-renowned names like Evil Uno and Jimmy Havoc while she was there, too. And Chris Dickinson showing up on TV and iPay-per-views and everything everywhere. But it's, it's going to be a heck of a battle. The rest of the card, too, will be insane. And uh, September 29th, Slamtasia 6, Kanawaki. Come check it out. I'll be doing all the ring announcing that night, uh, potentially some uh, commentary as well. And, uh, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. Come on out for that show. Yeah. Now, a little bit further down the line as well, in Kingston, Ontario, uh-huh. Chinlock, Chinlock Wrestling is having their bigger show. Now, there are, some, yeah. there are some names that WWE fans of the last 10 years or so and of the last, well, of the really last 30 years or so uh, will recognize that are scheduled to be appearing on this, uh, at this show here. First uh-huh. being Tito Santana. Yep. Nothing else needs to be said there. He's Tito Santana. I mean, Tito Santana, what a, a legend, absolute He's legend f- in professional wrestling. Competed yeah. in the first ever King of the Ring, as well as competed in the first ever match at Wrestle, the opening match of the first ever WrestleMania. Yes, sir. Looking to get him on at some point very soon for an interview to ask I'm, him. I am looking forward to that. You interviewing Tito Santana will be will be one heck of an interview. As well, yeah, no, definitely, I can't wait. As well, uh, Tyson Kidd also known as TJ Wilson, will be making an appearance there. Mm-hmm. The current WWE producer. He's not, he won't be wrestling that he won't night be wrestling because of his, uh, obviously his yeah. uh, injury. And uh, I guess he's done with in-ring uh, competition. But that man brings so much knowledge and, and of WWE, background producer, backstage producer, rather. And just having wrestled all his life, being one of the, you know, uh, the, the, the Hart family's protégés here, not directly in the, in the lineage, but married to... Uh, Natty Neidhart and just knowing all about that, you know, getting trained and groomed over there, 
becoming one of the most recognizable Canadian wrestling names uh, in the entire world right now. So that's going to be that's going to be quite a sight. It will be. And <laughs> the last or the next the next big name to be making an appearance at Chinlock Wrestling, one of the most infamous managers of the PG era. <laughs> We've got Vicky Manager Guerrero. GM, all that stuff, yeah. Manager GM, even occasional wrestler. Um, definitely, that, that was not the highlight. Definitely, definitely Vicky Guerrero was more known for her being GM and When was the last WrestleMania manager? she was in, too? The last this, which, sorry? Was the last WrestleMania she was in. Was it two or three years ago? The um, one I can't remember, but she, she, she almost just stole, almost stole the show there with her screaming and there. Yeah, was that and, a, and, and that there, was at the yeah. uh, and she was also in the first ever women's uh, Royal Rumble back in January. Yeah, yeah. That was as yeah. soon as soon as she came out. Excuse me, excuse. I'm like, oh come on. I it. lost it. That was, that was amazing. Yeah, it was it, it was, was great. Now, um, funny enough, actually, I have an eight by ten from her. Uh, I ordered during the PWT special, Pro Wrestling T special. Oh, yeah. That mystery 8x10 uh, uh, coming from a wrestler to the autograph. I'm like, oh, great. You know, it comes in. I'm like, oh, that's Vicky. That's totally not what I said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know you're at work right now. I know you're on your lunch. So I'm going to let you go. Um, if you want, do you have any other small little plugs you want to throw in here before we uh, end sure. this off? Sure. going to be 100% charitable. Um, they raised last year alone. $26,000. I really want everybody from Fighting Back to Chinlock, all these charitable organizations, to really draw a lot of money in. I really, really hope for it. I've been part of, you know, uh, the the, the indie scene since 2015 and helping them out, commentary since 2016. And I've seen it grow by leaps and bounds, even the last three years. I've, I've been going to shows for nearly 12 years now, indie shows. But seeing crowds grow, seeing things like, uh, charity shows just raised so much more money. It's been amazing to see. And uh, I really applaud all the fans for putting their all and supporting the shows. Keep on doing it, whether it be C4, uh, Torture Chamber, ISW, uh, anybody from NSCW, APW, all the other organizations and feds out there. Keep on supporting your wrestlers. Uh, the scene's going to keep on growing. Support these charity shows. The money raised, you know, definitely makes a difference and definitely is, is one of the great things and uh, that's happening with indie wrestling right now all over the world, really. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you all there. Dr. Bob appreciates all your support, too. I have a Facebook, Dr. Bob, your commentary of choice. You can follow me on Twitter, Dr. Bob Commentary. Uh, you see me at shows. I'm very approachable, you know. Uh, we'll see what uh, merch I have for sale later, but we'll talk about that. We're going <laughs> to be getting uh, wrestling yeah, is the best thing to really be uh, on uh, all your rings and all your DVDs for uh, years to come. Thank you very much, Colin, for having me on today. No problem. Now, throwing things straight over to our G1 wrap-up with Ethan Renner. This is CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. Hey, everyone. This is CCO Caracolis, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas at PCO.
CKDJ Studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. We're going to end things off right now. Just a little bit of a housekeeping couple of notes here. First thing we would like to announce, I mean, he's not here right now, but the man with no excuses will be joining Wrestling With Ideas as a full-time co-host for the next little bit. It's going to be interesting to see what myself and him and whoever may else want to come on to this show will get up to. Secondly, I managed to sort everything out with the podcast in terms of the feeds and how you could download and how you can listen to the show. Managed to get everything there sorted out. So as of this week, you should still be able to find everything anywhere you get your podcast now that we're back on Podbean. Lastly, make sure to go check out our My G1 wrap-up where I talk to the Wrestling Observer's Ethan Renner. You can follow me on Twitter at Colin, capital T-M-M. You can follow Jonathan on Twitter at No Excuse. That is capital N-O, capital E-X, S, capital S-K-U-C-E. You can follow the you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Wrestling Capital W Ideas. You can check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, but mainly on WrestlingWithIdeas.podbean.com. And also stay tuned to the Twitter account, as because we're going to be or stay tuned to the WrestlingWithIdeas.com, as I'm going to be doing some more blogging stuff along those lines. Thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good one.